0: On this week's episode of the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast, WWE had a snake entering the Performance Center. New Smackdown deal has been made. Elimination Chamber gets the walker rub? Moxley gets injured.
1: Well, that hurt, baby.
0: LA Knight not in attendance in Smackdown. Curse? What curse? And WWE's Black Thursday.
1: And in our main event, we're going to be going in-depth on the WWE-UFC merger and the aftermath.
0: We have all that, and we, we did something for you people that have lives. We have the results that you missed this week. Also, what has happened in the history of professional wrestling this week. Well, make sure your wrists are taped up. And your boots laced up. That is if you know how to tie your boots at all.
1: And, and ref, ring the bell.
0: Cross-Promo Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that covers everything in the world of professional wrestling. Now, making their way to the mics, your hosts, Kevin and Chris Newell.
1: What was with that whole uh, people that have lives thing?
0: Just saying.
1: I thought you uh, calmed down after the whole... Oh, no, no. Other episode we did.
0: No, there's still things that infuriate me sometimes.
1: Well, uh, this is the Cross Promo Show. I'm Chris, and... I'm Kevin. And, uh, we're gonna be up getting you up to date on all the news and stuff. And then the results.
0: That's right. Well, Chris, it's been a crazy week this week in professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, uh... <laughs> Well, what
0: with the releases and stuff and whatnot. You yeah, know? we're yeah a lot of things we're going to be covering in the news. We got a lot of news coverage more than what we usually do, and uh, of course we're going to be uh, giving you the results. Since you people didn't care to even watch wrestling, why are you even listening then? Call yourself wrestling fans.
1: Well, I mean they could have just like missed a week, so.
0: Uh huh. Sure. I get you. Defend them. Alrighty. Well, for you people that are still probably busy tying your shoes, uh, we'll go ahead and go right into WWE. Alright, so for the September 18th edition of Monday Night Raw, coming from the Delta Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, Utah. First match of the night, we got Cody Rhodes taking on Dominic Mysterio with the Judgment Day, but no mommy. Due to the fact she was a bit injured and still kind of recovering after her attack from Nia Jax last week. Match lasted only two minutes and 10 seconds, surprisingly, for the North American champion. Cody Rhodes came away with this with a pinfall win. This increases Cody's record to 63 and three and Dominic's to thirty-three and thirty-one. Uh, in attendance of the of the match, at least to watch it, was none other than the challenger for the North American Championship, Dragon Lee. He's set to face Rey, uh, Dominic Mysterio on the next episode of Raw uh, for the North American title. Funny thing, though, uh, post the mat uh, after the match had ended. Judgment Day starts to crawl into the ring, uh, about to attack Cody, but now all of a sudden here comes Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to help Cody Rhodes. Um, Then the next match we had was apparently the New Day and the Viking Raiders are still at odds with one another. Uh, Kofi Kingston going up against Ivar with Valhalla. Now originally this was going to be a a tag match, but uh, Eric had gone under the weather or something of that nature so they made it into or was it no it was a best two out of three falls for the, for the tag team uh, but again Eric falling under the weather so it was up to Kofi and Xavier to find out who would go one on one with Ivar well the match lasted 13 minutes and 15 seconds with Kofi Kingston picking up the win by pinfall uh, Kofi's king, uh, Kofi his record now is eight and four. Ivar's is ten and twenty-five. Uh, one takeaway from this match was Ivar actually doing a moonsault and landed it.
1: Was not expecting that.
0: Uh, does a pin attempt on Kofi and Kofi kicks out. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Shinsuke Nakamura and the drama still going on between him and Seth Rollins, uh, going up against Ricochet. Match lasted 13 minutes with uh, Nakamura picking up the win due to the fact that Ricochet decided to go ahead and use a chair on Nakamura and lose by disqualification. Nakamura's record is now 16-20 and 20 with one draw. Ricochet's is 36-21 and 21 with one draw. Uh, post-match, there was a fight that took place between uh, Seth Rollins and Nakamura but also prior to the match starting, Seth Rollins comes out and wants to fight Nakamura. So either way, but it didn't end well for Seth because he got his back slammed onto the uh, commentator table and he's been walking around with a, you know, with his back bothering him again. Next up, we had Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark teaming up uh, to go up against the women's tag team champions, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. This match came to a no contest after 3 minutes and 43 seconds when Nia Jax came out and just took out everyone involved. And as she was walking up the ramp was saying she had put, she's putting the whole entire women's division on notice. Similar to what Rhea Ripley was doing. But I honestly think the only one that can stop Nia Jax now is Rhea Ripley and vice versa. Um, the records still remain as of last week Uh, Shayna Baszler's is 21 and 14, Zoe Starks is 12 and 25 uh, Chelsea Green is 6 and 25 and Piper Nevin is 6 and 13 Next up the ongoing drama between uh, well it wasn't really ongoing drama, no Imperium in sight it would seem Uh, Chad Gable taking on Bronson Reed Alpha Academy was at ringside during this match. It was eight minutes and 40 seconds long with Bronson Reed picking up the win by pinfall, but it was a uh, pretty surprising hard fought match there with Chad Gable yet again trying to steal the show. Next, Becky Lynch, the uh, new NXT Women's Champion. Uh, decided to put an open challenge out for anyone in the back but out comes Natalia very furious that how Becky went to NXT and stole pretty much the fire from underneath all the developmental talent and decided to answer Becky Lynch's open challenge. Match lasted 7 minutes and 20 seconds with Becky Lynch picking up the win by pinfall. Uh, this leaves Natalia's record at 10 and 29, and Becky Lynch's at 31, 12, and one draw. Next up, uh, we have a match with uh, the Imperium involved, Giovanni Vinci, with Ludwig Kaiser, taking on Tommaso Ciampa, who is wanting—he's wanting a piece of Gunther. Uh, yeah. Match lasted three minutes and 29 seconds with. Champa forcing Giovanni uh, to tap out for, uh, to uh, submission. Uh, it's th- always Giovanni getting pinned. He's the weakest link out of Emporium. Imperium. Yeah, yeah. If you really think about it. He's the one that's been losing most of the matches. Kaiser loses the match. He makes up for it and wins the next match. Giovanni loses his match. Tries to make up for it for the next one and loses. Um... In a backstage interview, though, Kaiser was sent telling Giovanni Vinci that if he has to take matters into his own hands, I guess, to correct the problem, then he will. And leaving Giovanni Vinci by himself to think his thoughts. Um, Ciampa's record is 7-6, and six, while uh, Vinci's record is 5-51 in one draw
1: kind of funny if Giovanni ended up switching sides at some
0: point. It just seems that way with a lot of the uh, factions going on right now in WWE. A lot, of, uh, a lot of
1: issues really. A
0: lot of issues that they got to work out. I mean Judgment Day just got over theirs. Um, that's Bloodlines it. That's it. That's in the work of recovery. Sort of. Sort of. And then of course you have Imperium who's showing some cracks within their foundation. Uh, the main event was Jay Uso taking on Drew McIntyre in a 14-minute, 9-second match with Drew McIntyre picking up the win by pinfall. But Jay was putting up one hell of a fight there. Um, and, of course, prior to the match, you had Finn Balor encouraging Jay to jump to, into uh, Judgment Day and saying he wants an answer by the end of the night. And, boy, did they get it. During the match, Judgment Day comes out to ringside and is there encouraging Jay, and at one point, Jay just about ha- just had enough and super kicked every member of Judgment Day in the face. That was there, anyway. That it was, was there, yeah. Yeah, Rhea Ripley wasn't there, obviously. Um, but Judgment Day, then after losing them, after Jay loses the match, starts to jump uh, Jay, Drew McIntyre goes back to back, uh, back to the backstage area but it looked like he was going to turn around and help Jay but then just walks off but immediately thereafter Cody comes out to the ring to assist Jay because it, after all if it wasn't for Cody, Jay would not be on Monday Night Raw and I honestly am still thinking this, I don't care what you all think like your opinion to me matters right now you're not emailing me Uh, I honestly think the only reason why Cody had convinced the higher-ups to put Jay into Raw is so Cody can go to SmackDown and take on Roman and go after that title that his father never captured. Because if you look online, it still says that Roman is the WWE Champion as well as the Universal Champion. I've looked into this because, you know, I've got time. You all apparently don't, because I'm reading you results. Don't be giving me that look either. Don't be giving me that look. I know you're giving me that judgmental look. Like, oh God. You don't got anything to say either, do you? I got you speechless.
1: No, it's... I ain't got nothing right now. Do
0: mm-hmm. You're just watching your dad implode. I see. I get it. Oh. Well,
1: I've tried calming you down.
0: <laughs> yeah, tried, but failed miserably. Okay. Alright, moving on, we got NXT, the September 19th edition, taking place, of course, at the Performance Center, because they got nowhere else to go but the Performance Center, obviously. Opening up the match with the NXT Global Heritage Invitational. Long group name thing. Uh, group A individuals Butch and Tyler Bate go at it for 11 minutes and 53 seconds. Winner would de- uh, determine who moves on to the finals of for Group A. I believe group a or no whoever wins this goes on to represent group a in the finals winner of course takes on Namdar in the heritage cup don't know why it's not a title belt uh, match lasted like I said 11 minutes 53 seconds with Butch picking up the win by pinfall making him move on to the finals and represent group a Butch's record at this point during the week is 17 and 26 with two draws Tyler Bates' record, 22-8 with one draw. Next match of the night, we see, oh, oh prior to that, we saw Thea Hale also going off and shopping with uh, J.C. Jane. And Thea Hale looking for a new look, since she's not all rah-rah Chase you anymore after, still after her loss at a Great American Bash. I don't blame her one bit. I support it wholeheartedly. Screw them. Joe Coffey taking on Duke Hudson. Uh, Duke Hudson made short work in about three minutes and 50 seconds of Joe Coffey by winning by pinfall. Coffey's record is now 14 and eight and one, and Hudson's is 21 and eight. Next up we got Roxanne Perez taking on Lola Vice with Electra Lopez at ringside. Match lasted 4 minutes and 17 seconds with Roxanne Perez picking up the win by pinfall, leaving her record 22-10 with one draw, and Lola Weiss with her record at 10-21. Uh, next up we had what was the most advertised match that we were looking forward to, to hearing and surprised it wasn't a main event. Champion versus Champion, Dominic Mysterio, the North American champion, taking on the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes with no one at ringside. Mommy's still absent and, of course, Trick Williams leaving everything to Carmelo Hayes to take care of by himself. Uh, during this, Dragunov came to ringside and just to sit and spectate and watch and study Carmelo Hayes because they have a rematch coming up at No Mercy going to be Hayes versus Dragunov 2. The sequel. Uh, of course, things got a little testy at ringside and Dominic Mysterio talking trash to Dragunov and then Dragunov uh, hitting Dom and attacking Carmelo Hayes, bringing the match to a no contest. Seems to be a lot of that going on this week. Yeah. Match lasted 9 minutes, 11 seconds with Mysterio's record at now at 33 and 31 and then uh, Hayes' record at 27 and 7 next up we had it was a tiebreaker for uh, a three way tiebreaker for the Global Heritage Invitational Group B you had Nathan Frazier taking on Joe Coffey and Duke Hudson of course Joe Coffey and Duke Hudson doing double duty this, uh, this on that night Match lasted 12 minutes and 22 seconds with Joe Coffey picking up the win for his group Gallus. Uh, Coffey pinning Hudson, leaving uh, Fraser's record at 18-12, Coffey's record at 15-8 with one draw, and Hudson's record at 21-9. This means that in the finals it will be, I believe so, let me double check here with my numbers yes it will be butch against coffee and the number and whoever wins this that match will be the number one contender for Namdar's Heritage Cup not a belt. I'm gonna do that every time now I find it amusing. next up we have NXT women's champion Becky Lynch who is going who is set to take on Keonda James and Tiffany Stratton in a two-on-one handicap match. But uh, prior to the match, Keanu James and Tiffany Stratton uh, attacked Becky Lynch on the way to the ring. And it, Lyra Valkyria had had enough and came out to the ring. That's where uh, the person in charge of NXT right now, Shawn Michaels, yes, that Shawn Michaels, had announced it will be it would be a tag match. I was so- about
1: to say, it didn't... didn't that turn into a tag match
0: it sure did
1: and the funny thing is I think something kind of similar happened on impact but after like two or three uh,
0: yeah try taking notes on that that one was stressful enough
1: that was definitely kind of weird but more on that
0: later you had Becky Lynch and Lyra Valkyria taking on Keanu James and Tiffany Stratton match lasted 11 minutes and 22 seconds with Lyra Valkyria pinning Keanu James uh this leaves Becky Lynch's record now at 32 and 12 with one draw. Valkyra's is 24 and 8. Uh, James, her record is 16-9 with one draw. Tiffany Stratton's is twenty-four and eleven. And next up we're gonna quickly just briefly go over what had happened on the September twenty-first edition of WWE main event that took place in the uh, same area as Raw, the Delta Center in the Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, you had Nikki Cross taking on Indy Hartwell in a 5-minute, 30-second match with Nikki Cross picking up the win by pinfall. This leaving her uh, Nikki Cross's record at 12-8 and, and Indy Hartwell's an even 10-10. Next up, you had Tegan Knox up against Xia Lee match lasted 7 minutes and 45 seconds with Tegan Knox picking up the win by pinfall with an assist with her move the shiniest wizard her record is now 10 and 15 while Zaya Lee has been it's close to the end of the year she's right there at risk with being defeated at 0 and 11 next no she's defeated
1: she's defeated
0: yeah she is defeated 0 and 11 uh, next, we have the September 22nd edition of of SmackDown coming to us from the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Dry and it sounds boring. The LWO with Zelina Vega taking on the Street Profits with Bobby Lashley at ringside. Uh, LWO picked up the win in 10 minutes and 47 seconds with Rey Mysterio pinning Dawkins because... Dawkins didn't seem very he sem, seemed very hesitant on trying to get the pin after uh, Bobby Lashley slammed Ray into the uh, on the uh, ringside um, that also kind of started some problems within that new upcoming back they just barely formed too uh, well upon after the match was over Bobby Lashley just in a fit of rage, just walked to the backstage area and just left the profits in the ring. Uh, Escobar's record is now 22 and 24. Rey Mysterio's is 27 and 16. Montez Ford's record is 18 and 21, and Angelo Dawkins' record is 17 and 20. Next up, you had the WWE Women's Championship. It was the Oscar and Io Sky competing for it with damage control at ringside. Now prior to the uh, bell ringing, Charlotte Flair came out to join, to go to rings, to sit by the commentators table at ringside just to study whoever would win because she's, it seems like she's wanting to get that title. Uh, Match lasted 19 minutes and 31 seconds. It is uh, noted that it is up there for match of the week. Uh, the other matches, as far as NXT and Raw, nothing that really kind of popped out at all. Uh, EO Sky picks up the win due to a lot of uh, congestion and a fight going on ringside between Bailey and Charlotte. Oscar was di- was distracted, and EO Sky picked up the win by pinfall. Asuka's record is now 30-16 and 16 with two draws, and Eoskai's is 12-40 and 40 with two draws. And in the wrestling main event, wrestling-wise, yes, SmackDown only had three matches. Which
1: surprised me.
0: It sure did. You had Grayson Waller and Austin Theory taking on the Brawling Brutes. Uh, match lasted ten minutes and fifty-four seconds, with Theory picking up the win for the team by pinning Holland. I'm gonna go with what uh, I guess it was Ke- uh, Kevin Patrick calling the team. Now uh, was it Kevin Patrick or either way, there uh, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory are getting the uh, getting their team name. It seems you know, like kind of similar to how. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole are getting we're getting their nicknames, you know, we're better than you, Bebe. well Everyone's considering this tag team name a town down under which I think is pretty snappy. It's pretty clever I like it I like it a lot uh, Waller's record is now 3 and 15 Austin theories is an amazing 45 wins 31 losses and one draw Hollins is 10-17 with one draw, and Butch's record is now 17-26 with two draws. Not looking good for Butch to come away with that with a loss heading into the uh, Heritage Cup Finals. Uh, Then uh, lastly for WWE, we have immediately after SmackDown, we had NXT level up. We had Ivy Nile taking on Izzy Dame in a 5-minute, 24-second match with Ivan, Ivy Nile picking up the win by submission, making her record 16-19 and 19 with one draw, and Danes, the Dame is defeated with being 0-7. Next up, we had Aikimen Jiro taking on, in his in-ring NXT debut, uh, the lawyer, Luca Crucifino, in a three-minute match Crucifino wins his first match by pinfall, making his record 1-0, undefeated. And uh, Ike Minjiro's record, 1-7, with one draw. And in the main event, they were finishing up the Heritage Cup ma- matches. Uh, Axiom taking on Charlie Dempsey in a 6-minute 54-second match, with Axiom picking up the win by pinfall making his record 28-10 and 10 with one draw, and Dempsey's record 14-21, and whereas the crowd likes to aptly name him now Baby Regal. All right, so we're going to change some things up here. I'm going to continue reading some of the results because some of them were going to, if you were paying attention, if you do ever pay attention, um, it may sound a little off. So I'm going to immediately head into the results for... Ring of Honor. All right, now make quick work of this so you can hear Chris's sweet and angelic voice. That's how you shaking your head. Bashful. Oh, okay, give me the middle finger. Why don't you? I didn't do that. Uh huh. Yeah, right. All right, so you had your September 21st edition of Ring of Honor Wrestling coming up to us from the Bryce Jordan Center in State College, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, first match of the night was the Ring of Honor pure title. Uh, Katsuri Shibata, the defending champion, taking on Nick Wayne. This is Nick Wayne's first title d- uh, attempt. Uh, good on him, for, and it's his, also his in-ring debut for Ring of Honor. Sadly, it is not to be for Nick Wayne. Uh match lasted 9 minutes and 17 seconds, with Chibata picking up the win by submission. Shibata's record is now still undefeated at 8-0, while Wayne's record on Ring of Honor is defeated at
1: 0-1. How many people make their return or debut in a title match and win the title?
0: Very few. Well, that makes sense. Very, very few. Uh, next up, we had Diamante versus Katie Britt, or Katie Bright, however you want to pronounce it, in a one minute and fifty-four second match. Diamante wins by pinfall, leaving Diamante's record at six and three, and Katie Britt's record. Uh, well, how about that? It was not on here. Either way, um, it's not. I bet it's not good next we had lee moriarty with shane taylor at ringside taking on lee johnson so it's a battle of the lees uh seven minute 19 second match lee moriarty picking up the win by pinfall making his record nine and three and johnson's record one and five one thing i will throw out on
1: first you had a jeff match. now you have have a Lee lee
0: match or a lee fight yeah lee fight um Lee Moriarty, on and I saw on Collision, has is already called out Keith Lee, so you got another Lee involved with another Lee, so it's like there's going to be another Lee fight. In a way, uh, next up we had Mercedes Martinez with Diamante at ringside taking on Trish Adora in a four minute and forty three second match with Mar- uh, Mercedes Martinez picking up the win by submission making her record also the same as, well, I wouldn't say as Diamante, but uh, Mercedes Martinez record undefeated at 5-0, where Trisha Dora's record is at 4-8. Uh, following that, they had the Ring of Honor Women's World title, uh, defending champion Athena with her new minion in training, Billy Starks, no really, no relation to uh, Zoe. Uh, taking on Angelina Love in her I would say her return to Ring of Honor Uh, Athena picks up the win by pinfall in 5 minutes and 21 seconds making her still undefeated at 27-0 but Angelina Love with her return uh, 0-1 next we had Kiara Hogan and Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale team up against uh, the Renegades, Charlotte and Robin, with Layla Hirsch, also teaming with them. Match lasted seven minutes and four seconds, with Sky Blue picking up the win for her team by pinning Hirsch. And the records are as follows: Kira Hogan's record is five and two. Sky Blue's is ten and one, and Nightingales is twelve and two. Whereas Charlotte's record is. 1-5, Leila Hirsch is 10-1, so Hirsch getting her first loss handed to her by Sky Blue. And Robin's record, 4-8. Next, we had Ethan Page taking on VSK in a 2-minute, 19-second match. Ethan Page picks up the win by pinfall, continuing his undefeated record, 2-0, while VSK has got the debut... It, it just seems like that way. Anybody debuting or returning gets the 0-1-1 record. Uh, next up, we had our guy, El Hero del Vikingo and Gravity, and Ma- uh, Metallic with Al- uh, our favorite manager, Alex Abrahentes, at uh, Ringside as always, taking on the Spanish Announce Project, and Tony Nice with Mark Sterling at Ringside. So you had about quite a few people at Ringside. Uh, match lasted 8 minutes 31 seconds with Matalik uh, picking up the win by pinning Tony Nice. the way that was it was going was Tony Nice was commanding the team way too much and pretty much and, well pretty much uh, Spanish Announce Project I had enough of it and just left him at, at the ring Ooh. And that left uh, Metalik to pick up the win. Uh, Ma- I don't know if I said it earlier. Match was eight minutes thirty-one seconds. Well, with Vikingo, his Ring of Honor record is undefeated, eight and zero. Gravity's record five and three. Metalik is five and six. Angelicos is three and four. Serpenticos is three and nine. And Tony Nice's is four and eleven. If he picks up three wins. We'll call him Mister Tony 7-11 <laughs> yeah, I'm a dad. I make dad jokes. Deal with it. All right. Next up, we had Action Andretti and Darius Martin teaming up to take on Cole Carter and Griff Garrison with Maria Kanellis Bennett at ringside. Surprisingly, we haven't been seeing her much with The Kingdom as of late. They were far too busy on AEW getting wrapped up in the Adam Cole, Roger Strong drama. Um, Action Andretti and Darius Martin pick up the win by Andretti pinning and Carter. And the reason for this was Garrison was uh, wanting to cheat in a way and Carter called him out on it and said we're not going to win by cheating and that cost him the loss. Uh, match lasted 4 minutes 54 seconds with Andretti's record now at 11-5. Martin's record at 13-10. and 10, And Car- uh, with Carter's record at 4-4 and and Garrison's record still defeated at 0-5. Ring of Honor main event was the Ring of Honor 6-man tag team title match with the Mogul Embassy with Prince Nana at ringside and defending their titles against, once again, the Infantry, Coming Back and Willie Mack with uh, Trisha Dora at ringside for Willie Mack. Match lasted 9 minutes and 27 seconds with Bishop Khan picking up the win by pinning Willie Mack. This leaves pretty much the Mogul Embassy undefeated. Bishop Khan 21-0. Brian Cage 22-0. Toa Leona 21-0. Uh, you have Bravo's record at 5-8. Dean's is 5-9 and, and Max is 3-9. And, and that wraps it up for everything on my side. Chris Go ahead and tell us what happened in the world of AEW. Well, starting off for AEW
1: on September 20th, uh, we had Dynamite coming to us from the Arthur Ashe
0: Stadium in New York City, New York. New York, New York, it's kind of funny So nice they had to name it twice. <laughs> I guess. No, that's the saying. It is. Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: Big Apple, or so nice they got us. They had you have to say it twice.
1: Uh. Well, it was, a, it was an exciting Dynamite where... Yeah, no, this
0: was the Grand Slam.
1: Only one non-title match, and that being the Jericho-Sami Guevara match. Where the first match, they started off with title versus title, uh, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castanoli. Uh, Ring of Honor World title being held by Claudio, and the New Japan Strong Openweight title being held by Kingston. Where Kingston won by pinfall after 15 minutes and 17 seconds, so now he has two titles. Yes, and, and I think Claudio that. Uh,
0: and I think that match also merited the uh, match of the week, I believe.
1: Well, there was a few match of the weeks then. Yeah. Uh, that that match brings their records to Kingston being eight and three, and Claudio being 24 and 10. That was then followed by the Chris Jericho Sammy Guevara match Where where Jericho won by pinfall After 15 minutes and 14 seconds Uh, This brings his record to 9 and 10 And Guevara's record is 17 and 9 And then after that match There was some stuff going on With the the Don Callis family
0: Yeah uh,
1: Or just Don Callis
0: No Don Callis came out and
1: It looks like Sammy Guevara is going to be joining him. Uh, And then after that, there was a few backstage parts where you had him kind of talking. Wait, that was next week. Not next week, but uh, on Rampage where there was like some kind of interview. Uh, They ended up adding on to that. and There's going to be a match uh, later on down the road between Sammy Guevara. uh, It's going to be a tag team match. It looks like with Jericho and Omega teaming up against Sammy Guevara and uh to catch them yeah uh that was then followed by a international title defense uh with ray phoenix uh defeating no. You know mm-hmm. he, he actually he defeated john moxley uh, the the way the notes here take, it's we we're trying something new with the the highlighting thing so it's a little weird yeah uh, Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes at ringside, defeating John Moxley for the title uh, by pinfall after 11 minutes and 33 seconds, bringing his record to 13 and 10 for Fenix and 27 and 9 for Moxley. The fourth match was the, A- the for the AEW Women's World Title with Soraya with Ruby Soho at ringside, defending against Tony Storm and. Still causing more issues for them. It looks like they've completely, sort of, they might have. They might as well just completely split off at this point. Yeah. I also the
0: shoes were involved. Yeah. I,
1: I I guess the whole thing with Watch the shoe came in handy. I guess. I tried to be. Tried. Uh, Soraya also came out to her old music instead of the Outcast one. It seems like.
0: Yeah. I uh, I think the Outcasts are done for at this point what it looks unless like unless tony gets her stuff together because tony has now come out looking like you know a typical 1940s 1950s movie starlet uh one would compare her to marilyn monroe
1: i even think i think even the uh it was either the promo or the like what is it titantron picture thing yeah the
0: video titantron uh, was
1: like it looked like some old kind of movie thing and she came out black.
0: almost like the NWO the screen was black and white
1: that's what it was black and white Yeah. Uh, Soraya defended by pinfall uh, after 5 minutes and 53 seconds bringing her record to 88 and 3 and Tony Storm to 20 and 10 then the main event was MJF against Samoa Joe de- defending the world title Where you had MJF successfully retaining that title when he managed to actually choke out Samoa Joe, just like he said. I also remember there was a a promo that came on before that match. Uh, I think you said it was kind of reminiscent of something Bret Hart did.
0: Yeah, the whole kid, you know, saying go get him champ, and Bret Hart gave the kid his sunglasses and then marched out of the ring but mjf did something similar but with a twist
1: that was funny uh the batch lasted 18 minutes and 42 seconds and this brings mjf's record to 13 2 and 1 and joe's record to 9 and 6 then you had rampage on september 22nd coming to us from the same place where they started out with a tag team match Darby Allen and Sting te- with Nick Al- Nick Wayne at ringside teaming against Christian Cage and Luchasaurus where you had Darby Allen pinning Cage at- after 7 minutes and 42 seconds bringing his record to 32 and 8 Sting is undefeated 8 and 0 Cage is 13 and 14 and Luchasaurus is 5 and 3 for the next match, you had Hook, Chris Statlander, and Orange Cassidy teaming against Angelo Parker, Anna Jay, and Matt Menard with Jake Hager at ringside. Which is funny because didn't they used to be part of the Jericho Appreciation Society? Mm hmm. So, unfortunately, they lost with Cassidy picking up the pin against Parker. Uh, match time was 9 minutes and 24 seconds, bringing everyone's records to Hook being 20 and 1. Statlander being 17 and 2, Cassidy being 42 and 5, which that that's at least what top five, top three maybe. Yeah. Yeah, on the wins at least. Parker being 7 and 17, Jay being 2 and 6, and Menard being 7 and 18.
0: Actually, I think uh, Cassidy is still ranked number one. So you could see Cassidy go after MJF possibly that would be interesting to see how that works very much
1: you then had for the uh, ring of honor number one contender contendership for where you had the righteous defeating the hearty the hardys the best friends and the kingdom where you had vincent pinning jeff after nine minutes and 33 seconds Uh, this brings everyone's records to three and one for dutch three and one for vincent So they're even. Uh, Jeff is six and ten. Matt is fourteen and seventeen. Taylor is nine and eighteen. Beretta is eleven and twenty-two. Taven is five and four, and Bennett is four and five. Then you had the acclaimed and the and Billy Gunn defending their titles against the Dark Order after what happened last week. Yeah. (laughs) As funny as that was, uh, you had. Them act successfully retaining when Bowens pinned Reynolds after 10 minutes and 38 seconds. Uh, this brings their records to Bowens being 20 nothing and five, Max Caster being 31 and four, and Gun being 17 and two, Reynolds being thir- 13 and 11, Uno being 11 and seven. So not seven, 11, but 11 and seven.
0: And he's now Uno. Mm. Uh,
1: Silver being 14 and 11. That ends it for that match. Then you have Julia Hart with Brody King inside against Sky Blue, uh, where Julia Hart won by submission after eight minutes and fourteen seconds or fifteen seconds. It's a second, so eight minutes and fifteen seconds. This brings Hart's record to nine and zero, currently undefeated, and Blue's record being twenty-one and twenty, so very close there. Yeah. Then you had Mike Santana, yeah, Santana, against Bronson uh, from uh, forget the tag name, team name. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> um, trying to think too. Uh, you had Mike Santana winning by pinfall after just two minutes and twenty-four seconds, bringing his record to two and one. And Boulder, not Boulder, but Bronson. The, the notes were weird.
0: Uh, Bronson's record being 3-5. and five. And didn't um, Ortiz come out and try to confront Santana? I think. Okay. Seems like we may be getting a match between those two, it looks like, as well. Maybe. Because wasn't that
1: what a lot of the promos were talking about?
0: Yeah, about... Well, I mean, him kind of wanting to step out on his own and away from Ortiz, but Ortiz is like you're going about this the wrong way blah 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 so we'll see what happens
1: uh, then for the main event you had for the R- Ring of Honor six man tag title, you had the Elite and the Mogul Embassy facing off with Prince Nana at ringside and uh, there was a title change Yeah, the, uh, I think it was Adam Page. Mm-hmm. The other page is with uh, The Hardys You had Paige pinning Cage <laughs> uh, After 11 minutes And 55 seconds uh, This led to the t- Leading to the the Title changing hands over to the elite Being represented by Adam Page And the Young Bucks uh, This brings their records To Paige being 14 and 5 Both Matt and Nick Jackson Being 15 and 7 uh, Khan being 2 and 9 Cage being 13 and 14 and Toa Leona being 2 and 8 That closes it out for Rampage
0: So now we're moving right oh, along No, we still got Collision Oh, we got Collision Okay, alright, Okay, keep going
1: uh, They started off with a AEW TNT Championship Where, oddly enough, you had... Christian Cage competing against Luchasaurus uh, and Darby Allin. I say it's weird because he was supposed... Christian Cage was supposed to be the manager sort of for Luchasaurus. And, now, and he's always been calling himself the title. I was just older, about to say that. So now he can actually call himself the, the TNT champion. Officially.
0: Officially, yes.
1: Uh, he the, the match ended after 10 minutes and 7 seconds when Cage pinned Luchasaurus breaking their records to Darby Allen being 31 and 9, Cage being 2 and 5, and Luchasaurus being 5 and 3. Then you had Hook and RVD teaming against uh, Angela Parker and Matt Menard with Anna Jay and Jake at ringside, where RVD won by pinning Parker uh, after 8 minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, this brings their records to Hook being 19, 1 and 1, RVD being 0 one.
0: No, he's 1 and 1.
1: Oh, the numbers got. 1 and 1. The numbers messed up or something. I don't know. Uh, Parker being 7 17 and 1. Mm-hmm. Menard being 7 18 and 1. Uh, and the next match is Kiera Hogan against Julia Hart. I think after this match, uh, Julia Hart was saying something about. Uh, no, not. It was a match she did where she was saying something about wanting to go against uh, Chris Statlander. It was
0: after that match. She challenged uh, Chris Statlander for the TBS Championship at Wrestle Dream.
1: Didn't she win that match? This match?
0: Who? Uh,
1: Julia Hart. Yeah. Just double checking because the highlighted bit uh, says so. But... Well, it was late. That's yeah, all right. Get off me. I just thought I should double check real quick. Oh. Sorry. Uh, Julie Hart had Birdie King at ringside, and after this match, you also had Sky Blue coming out. Yeah, because so.
0: she kept attacking uh, Kiara Hogan.
1: And then I also think Willow Nightingale came out at some point. No, oh,
0: that was uh, when she kept attacking Sky Blue.
1: Yeah. So they're a good problem. I think they were going to have a match announced for this coming week. Uh, Nightingale and Hart. right so we'll see what happens then mm-hmm. see where it was I? okay the match lasted six minutes and five seconds and Hart won by submission bringing her record to nine oh and one and hogan's record being two six and one then you had andrade el idolo against jay white with bullet club gold at
0: ringside which was one heck of a match mm-hmm.
1: it was uh where you had Jay White winning by pinfall. Of course, you had some interference from Bullet Club Gold since there were so many of them. Yeah. So, uh, and Andrade, Andrade was outnumbered to say the yeah, least. Yeah, he didn't
0: get any help. I was kind of expecting
1: someone to come out. Uh, the match lasted 16 minutes and 27 seconds, bringing Idolo's record to 4-1-1, one, and, one, and White and White's record, uh, Jay White, 14-4-1. Uh, so, I also think they announced uh, a match for next week against Juice Robinson. And Andrade. Yes,
0: uh, Andrade Idolo will be taking on Juice Robinson on collision.
1: Then, that was followed by the AEW World Tag Championship, where you had FTR successfully defending against the War Horsemen, where that match ended after 4 minutes and 40 seconds, when Harwood uh, put on a hold on J.D. Drake, that he ended up tapping to which one won them the match mm. now you also had Aussie open uh, kind of watching uh, yeah. at, at, from the commentary type table and uh, this brings everyone's records to Wheeler being tw- 12 and 5 5 and 1 Harwood at 12 6 and 1 Henry at 1 7 and 1 and Drake at 1 6 and 1 so just one off on their losses, I guess. Yeah. Then for the main event, you had a Texas Death Match. Oh yeah. Where you had Brian Danielson defeating Ricky Starks. Uh, it, it was kind of like a, a last man standing match almost, with uh, where it ended with Starks failing to get up to the count of ten. Mhm. Uh, lasted 20 minutes and six seconds, and brings Starks' record to 14 and nine, and. Danielson, his record is now 10 and 2. That's that closes out for AEW. So I guess now we just have to get into uh, Impact. They started off with an Ultimate X match where you had Alan Angel successfully get in it, getting the X down. It kind of works like Money in the Bank, but it's only for one title. Yeah,
0: and it's for the X Division Championship. They haven't done this in quite some time. I've seen it before. AJ Styles had competed in it uh, at one point when he was with uh, TNA Impact. Uh, The current X Division Champion, uh, he was a part of it at one point. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, he was a part of it as well. Uh, Many, many. you You name them, they were probably involved. Uh, he was competing against Ace Austin, Mike
1: Bailey, Rick Swan, Samurai del Sol, and Zachary Wentz. The match lasted 9 minutes and 39 seconds and brings everyone's records to Allen. Angels being 3-4, Austin being 26; Bailey being 9-15-1, Swan being 12-13, and Sol being defeated currently at 0-2. Zachary Wentz being 6-2. The match after that was Jake Something defeating Dirty Dango with Alpha Bravo side. By pinfall after 4 minutes and 6 seconds with Something being 6-2 and, and Dango being 9-9. Nine nine. Then you had Eric Young with Scott in the side against Kenny King with Shelton Jean. That ended in DQ. Which then led to... Oh, this is where it got... This is that... Pretty crazy. Th- this is that... Th- this... We're getting, we we get... Uh, in the notes, we counted this as like one match. With just kind of added stuff, names added
0: here and there. But it does count on it, their win-loss record. It does. So that... He had Shark Boy come out. We haven't seen Shark Boy in years. He says he was running the show for the night. He was deputized
1: by... Uh, director of the
0: Yeah. He deputized to run the show for the night, and he just kept ordering the match to continue or to restart or whatever. Uh,
1: so then you ended up having Scott D'Amour, uh it, it turned into a tag team match, two-on-two, two, with Shelton Green, uh and Scott DeAmour entering uh, as tag partners. Then you had the design come out uh, and interfere. But Sharkboy didn't want it to be kind of unfair after he disqualified that match. So he then ended up restarting that, but instead you had America's Most Wanted, seeming... I think they made a return.
0: Yeah, it it was a long, long return. Uh,
1: Where they teamed with Team Canada uh, against the design Kenny King and Seltsin Jing. Where you had Young Penning King. After nine minutes and eight seconds, so that was the end of the entire thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was
0: no continuation match or anything like that. That was the official. When it was it. done, I was like, "Thank God!" I didn't want anything else added.
1: They could have turned into a battle royale at that or, point. Or
0: no, they could have made it a two out of three falls thing, but. I mean, technically, great. technically it was. Uh, the Spring everyone record to Harris
1: being 1-0. Yeah, 1-0. Storm being 1-0. They were from uh, America's Most Wanted. Uh, Young being 8-0. Scott D'Amour being 3-0. Wiener being 5-6. Khan being 4-12. King being 10-14. And Gene being 1-14. So, he's, Gene's very close to being defeated. Just 1-1 away. Yeah. And then you had Josh Alexander against Trey Miguel with Zachary once at Ringside. Where I think after that match there was some stuff going up down with one of the members of Motor City Machine. I forget which one exactly. Uh, it? No, I don't think it was but it was...
0: No, I think it was the, uh, the other one. I can't remember his name right now. Okay. Uh,
1: the the match itself lasted nine minutes and forty five seconds, where you had Alexander winning by pinfall. This brings Alexander's records to six and five, and Miguel to fifteen and eight. Then you had that uh, what was it, five, eight? Or it eight? No, ten woman
0: mm-hmm. tag mm-hmm. match. Ten woman tag match. Yep. The uh,
1: ones that they said talked about last week.
0: Yeah.
1: Or uh, I guess this week, at this point, two weeks ago, since we're reporting it after. Anyway, yeah. back to the match. Uh, you had Awesome Kong, Gail Kim, Jordan Grace, Mickey James, and Trinity with Rasha Saeed? Defeating Angel Love, Deonna Parrazzo, Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, and Tasha. Tasha Steele I mean. With Jay Vidal and Velvet Sky at ringside. Where Kong pinned Giselle after 15 minutes and 23 seconds, bringing everyone's records... To Kong being 1 and 0. Kim being 1 and 0. Grace being 8 and 10. James being 7 and 1. Trinity being 12 and 1. Love being 0 and 1. Peraza being 18 and 9. Shaw being 7 and 19. Evans being 1 and 14. And Steels being 2 and 2. Even on that last one. Yeah. Kind of funny. That closes out for... Oh, wait. I forgot to say where Impact was from. Yeah. Uh that was the September 21st edition of Impact coming to us from the Winchester County Center in White Plains, New York. Okay. So that's that's what two different companies running from New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they week. were
0: they were close therein of uh, the area, the tri-state area. All right. Moving right along, we're going to head right into match of the night. Okay. Or Match of the Week, really. Why didn't that do that? Match of the Week.
1: We should just have just one sound thing for it. We'll call it just Match of the Year, like we said we would.
0: Yeah, we're still going to do that,
1: don't we? I mean, like, get rid of the other two. Yeah, like, that one's less confusing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Um. Now, we were waiting on email from you guys on determining last week's Match of the Week, but we didn't get that. Surprise, surprise. I no? So, we will decide unanimously, and it may be a long drawn-out process, and I don't care because we're going to do it anyway. We're going to try to determine who wins match of the week. Chris, your candidates. Oh, for this week? Yeah.
1: Let's see.
0: Uh, I can immediately give you mine. Uh, one of them would definitely be uh, the WWE Women's Championship match between Asuka and Neo Sky. That one was a good one. Uh, definitely the Jay White and Andrade Idolo match. Uh, that one. Because that was a lot of back and forth thinking one was done and the other one, you know, one of those uh, what they call false finishes where it's, you think the match is over but it's not
1: i want to say also the Idol match but also the Danielson match yeah that one was pretty good uh, the Eddie Kingston match was also good, yeah,
0: that one was good too. okay MGF versus Samoa Joe that one was good there was no outside interference but except towards the end of it. that goal but that didn't really count until the goal so it was just kind of like that uh, motivated was, in, a uh, a uh, way, in a way so in a way in a way he was going kind to take a playbook play out of uh, MJF's playbook a little bit too and and someone also doesn't really have any that wants to interview on his behalf nope. to help which is kind of funny okay. okay so decisions decisions start needing to be made here uh <laughs> what'd you say again what I said saying? I only said two of them uh that was the Asuka you match know, match or the uh and uh, Jay White match, but then I'll also throw in the Eddie Kingston and Claudio match as well. Uh, Three good matches there. We agree on two of them. So, now we just need to figure out which one. It's better out of those two that we agree on. Okay. Um, Let's see here. We can... Break it down a little bit. We can let's break down the two that we we'll go with the two that we agreed on, and that was the Eddie Kingston and Claudio match, and the uh, Andrade and Jay White match. Uh, Obviously, the Eddie Kingston Claudio match it was a title match, and Eddie Kingston came out on top with it was a double title match, double title match, title for title, and Eddie Kingston came out on top. Uh, It was in his hometown his home crowd. He had family at ringside there uh, to watch this match and uh, won one for uh, New York, I guess. And, uh, nothing better than winning a championship, but it's even better if you win the championship in your hometown sure. with with family there, so I like that. Uh, obviously, Kingston not backing down at all. Uh, heavy chops, a lot of back and forth, and really showing Claudio, hey, I'm as tough as you.
1: I think there was even one point where they were throwing chops back and forth but then Kingston kind of seems to get more of that and just flat out decked Yeah, he flat out
0: decked Claudio and Claudio fell. That was funny to see. That was actually very interesting to see. Um, then you got the Andrade-Jay uh, White match where Andrade was just going all over the place. Air Matt. Being very technical with a lot of things. So it was also the longer of the two. Yes, true. Um, a lot, like I said, a lot of false finishes there. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it there because Andrade was showing his not only submissive submission skills. I mean, he almost put on the figure eight leg lock. On uh, I thought he, did. Like he, he He had it, he had it, it there. in there for a few seconds, but then lost grip. I saw. Uh, it's a proper way you got to apply the figure four first. You have to have, you know, his left leg was not over Jay White's foot, so it wasn't properly locked in. The moment he started to arch and do the figure eight, it wasn't working, it. the leg slipped off his foot. But uh, very physical match. I really thought Andrade would get the win, because, I mean, he would obviously, he would think just by comparing the two size-wise. Dry is a bigger guy. And... and you also have to consider how outnumbered you are That too. That was... An, I was expecting the Lucha Brothers to show up. You know? Kind of lend some support or FTR or somebody. Someone who has a history with Bullet Club Gold and wants to take them on. Uh, but, alas, it, it was not meant to be. Um, not this time. Not this time. If I were to pick a match out of those two as match of the week I would have to go towards the Eddie Kingston and Claudio match I will not say it it, it, it was more evenly matched it was evenly matched but it 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 was a real good story of these guys were once friends coming up through the indies and then they went their separate ways and uh Eddie didn't appreciate that because when they went separate ways they lost Claudio decided to lose contact with him and show him his nothing and disrespect. And Eddie took that personally. And then comes Claudio coming back into AEW and he had no respect for him. He respects him as a wrestler uh, but doesn't respect him as a human being. And uh, and I love Eddie Kingston's promos. I mean, they're re- they, they're legit and they're real and he doesn't screw around. You no. Know, nothing. He's almost like you know. He tells it like it is. You know how, how it is. He pulls back that that curtain to show real life. And uh, he's already set for a match at WrestleDream. He's taking on uh, Shibata
1: for his title. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be one double title versus title.
0: Or he's not. Days? No. He uh, Shibata's not. He's not putting up his pure. Uh, Uh, Pure title on the line at all. It's only Kingston putting up his two titles and if Shibata wins, he'll be a triple crown champion which is very rare that someone uh, carries three belts belts, but it's been done before. Never say never on this. But uh, I would go for Eddie Kingston and uh, Claudio. Your thoughts? Same thing. Um, Um,
1: It was more evenly matched. Like like you said, the storyline. Should I... I guess the problems... I enjoyed the match. I was not expecting that to be an
0: opening. Me I, neither. I was expecting it to be later or moved down further on the card. But hey, you know, if you want to grab grab the attention of the audience right off the bat, that's one way to go. And it's title versus title,
1: so I, I haven't really seen that before. I don't think I have anyway. Which also kind of make it a bit, made it a little bit harder to
0: predict who is gonna win on that one, because either way, someone's gonna be out of the title. Well, wait a minute, yeah, you've seen a title for a title, uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns won and took the WWE t- title from Brock Lesnar, um, and he never let go of the titles after that. So, yeah, you've seen it before, and right, then. Bye. And then the tag title unification with the NXT Women's Champion and the WWE Women's Championship. I thought that was... Oh, WWE has a different name
1: for it. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah. Because with them, it's, it's all been
0: uh, unification matches. That would explain. I would get it immediately. That's alright. Alright, so our match of the week is Eddie Kingston versus Claudio. Castanoli, since we we agreed on one. This time. Yeah. We're not going to. I don't think we're going to leave it up to them again because they can't email us or even mention anything in our messages. Like, hey, I think it's this or this. And we don't even get anything. We get nothing. All right. Well, I guess it's time to open up your history textbooks and see what's going on and what has happened this week in wrestling history alright so we start off with September 17th 1981 we had Ric Flair defeating Dusty Rhodes to become the NWA world heavyweight champion for the first time in his career Uh, next September 18th 1990 during a taping for WWE's wrestling challenge during the Brother Love show Brother Love was his uh, character of Southern Preacher and he loves you uh, the r- model Rick Martel sprayed his ar- his quote unquote arrogance cologne into Jake the Snake's eyes uh, that blinded him for a while and at one point uh, for the story it kind of discolored his eye for a little bit uh, that led to a. a what's mo- in
1: the cologne that caused it to, to discolor his eye was did it like the did the white part turn yellow or no,
0: the... no 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 the coloration of your eye the colored part yeah it it turned white made his whole entire eyeball white it was pretty cool looking um it started the it started that their, their rivalry that came to came to a head in a blindfold match for both of them at WrestleMania seven so both of them were blindfolded and running around the ring trying to beat each other. Hilarious, to say the least.
1: Have they done it against SIDS? Uh,
0: Triple H did it, I think, once, but I can't remember against who. Uh, Was it any good? It was about as funny as the original match. Uh, See if I can find one of those now. You can watch it on Peacock. Uh, Next up, we had uh, September 19th, 1999. Going to ECW now. They held an event called Anarchy Rules. Uh, it went down as the highest attended ECW show in ECW history, uh, with it being having 9,000 people in attendance, and this event would also mark Taz's last ECW appearance before he signed with WWE. Uh, Taz, in the main event, lost his ECW Heavyweight Championship to Mike Austin awesome in a triple threat match that included uh, Masato Tanaka. Uh, birthdays for September 19th, you have um, you have AEW's analyst, Renee Young, uh, she turned 38. Also sharing a birthday with her is uh, none other than one of Vince McMahon's Stooges, Gerald Briscoe, turned 77. Uh, Gerald Briscoe, part of the legendary tag teams out of uh, Texas, the Briscoe Brothers. Not the Briscoes that we know today, uh, but uh, different Briscoes. No relation. Uh, September 20th, 1985, a rare match that took place that day, on that date. A manager versus manager match. You had Captain Lou Albano, who was 52 at the time, defeat Classy Freddie Blassie. Where the term "pencil neck geek" comes from, well, one no, I often love to use. Uh, classy Freddie Blassie, he, who was 62 at the time, in a steel cage match. This, however, would mark Freddie Blassie's last match in his career. He went on to uh, manage other, continue to manage other wrestlers. Uh, sharing birthdays on this date, the enforcer, the legendary enforcer of the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson. Turns 65. You may know, you may have seen him on AEW, and of course, his son Brock wrestles for AEW there. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine uh, turns 72 on that day. Continuing on with the history, September 21st. This is going to go back a little ways. 1933, CMLL. It's a promotion out of Mexico. At the time, it was known as EMLL, and they had pro- promoted their first wrestling card in Mexico. Uh, the promotion remains the world's largest professional wrestling promotion still in existence. The world's oldest professional uh, wrestling promotion. So WWE's got some competition still. They've been around for... Uh, WWE's been around since say about around the, the 50s. Well, uh, this promotion, CMLL, who we hope to cover someday soon uh, has been around since 1933 Uh, sharing birthdays on this day Ricky Morton, one half of uh, legendary uh, WCW NWA tag team uh, the uh, Midnight Express Midnight Rockers, I get those two mixed up Uh, he turned 67 Uh, Gerald Briscoe's older brother Jack Briscoe shares a birthday with Ricky Uh, he would have been 82 but sadly died at the age of 68 in uh, February uh, 1st of 2010 due to complications of cardiac surgery September 22nd 1996 uh, WWE held an event in your house mind games pay per view took place in uh, Philadelphia Pennsylvania where Mark Henry would make his WWE in-ring debut and in the main event you had uh, Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels successfully defend his WWE Championship against, at that time Mankind and won by disqualification Uh, Mankind would go on to say that is one of his favorite matches he's ever had Shawn Michaels as well Uh, Birthdays shared on this day uh, you have Luther Reigns, no relation to Roman Reigns at all. Uh, turns 52, and Arn Anderson's older brother Ollie Anderson uh, turns 81. And lastly, September 23rd, 1985, in a WWE Mass, uh, Madison Square Garden show, the British Bulldogs, Dave, the late Dynamite Kid, and late Davy Boy Smith. Beat the Hart Foundation, Brett, uh the Hitman Hart, and the late Jim the Anvil Heart Also, is Natalia's dad. Uh, but they won by pinfall. Uh, later that night, a match that was nicknamed the Colossal Jostle, and the match had Andre the Giant going one-on-one against King Kong Bundy match ended in disqualification with Andre the Giant picking up the win uh, we have uh, four names here that are pick- that are sharing a birthday uh, one of them being uh, you know, Matt Hardy of course turns 49 uh, Kiari Sane who used to wrestle for WWE went back to New Japan Pro Wrestling and at one point was Tag Team Champions uh, with Asuka in WWE he turns 35 uh, Angel Garza we all have been watching the vignettes between with him and his cousin Hilberto uh, Carrillo. Uh, he turns 31 and uh, legendary and I mean legendary this this wrestler carries uh, carried that name with pride. that's uh, famous lucha, uh, luchador El Santo. Uh, would have been 106 on the 23rd but died February 5th in 1984 of a heart attack and he was 66. Uh El Santo very what I mean by legendary had very legendary matches, one of them being with Eddie Guerrero's father, Gori Guerrero. Uh used to be a team with Gory Guerrero. um, uh, thing about lucha libre is he would do movies in mexico where they would showcase any luchador that was a good guy as like some type of superhero and the bad guy luchadores would be super uh, and they would make movies figures everything i mean they looked at these lucha luchadors with high reverence still do to this day They still hold the mask very sacred to where if you remove it, you might as well not show your face in wrestling again because you've been disgraced. With that, a week before El Santo's death, he went on to a uh, talk show in 1984 uh, during an interview, and during that interview, with it being unplanned, he revealed his face in order to say goodbye to his fans because he felt as if he was actually going to be passing away soon and within a week, he did. He succumbed to to a heart attack. That pretty much... And on that down note, uh, we go ahead and move right along to... It's now time for the Cross Promo Wrestling News. All right, get us going, Chris. What have you got going on in the world of professional wrestling news? Uh, Earlier this week, uh, Viper,
1: the PC, the Performance Center. Earlier this week, the Viper himself, Randy Orton, was spotted entering the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. This was discovered when a fan, uh, he filmed Randy Orton walking into the building and acknowledging his fans. If, If many remember... Borden has been out of action since May of last year due to a back injury that forced him to undergo back fusion
0: surgery yes
1: I'm not entirely sure what that is it's not it sounds bad but I'm not sure
0: yeah it's it's pretty bad
1: uh this has been the longest time for the Viper to be on IR is that Injured, injured reserve? injured reserve
0: since he's been out um yeah there's video of it so a lot of people are like like hinting he may return at survivor series he may return coming up uh at Fastlane. lane we don't know hopefully we see him again soon and he can i would say take on roman or something i don't know uh all right uh there's i'll probably save that one down down the line uh Due to the main event, but I'll mention it right now. SmackDown is moving. It was announced earlier this week by WWE and NBC Universal that SmackDown has a five-year deal to move to the USA Network by next fall. Uh, with this new deal, WWE will also air four primetime specials per year on NBC. There is a catch in all of this, though, with SmackDown being moved to USA, that leaves Raw and NXT looking for a new home. Basically, USA cannot afford to keep all three shows on one channel. This is all, of course, this isn't actual set yet, because there have been reports saying that all three will be able to share a home on USA Network, but the whole thing of Raw and NXT finding a new home, this is, of course, uh According to the individuals that are close to the deal, uh, the deal with Smack the SmackDown moving uh, for SmackDown to move from Fox to the USA Network is already made a worth is already worth 1.4 billion dollars. That's for ads, Ooh. TV time, everything of that nature. Chris, what you got? Uh, Perth
1: is going to be hosting a WWE PLE. Uh, WWE senior vice president Chris uh, Legendio, yeah, has also announced this week that the location of the upcoming PLE Elimination Chamber, uh, the location will be. And I kind of read that weird. The, that the location of it will be at Perth, Australia. Quote: Perth is the perfect location for a major WWE PLE in Australia, following a series of record breaking WWE events in uh, an iconic international destinations, end quote, said the the senior vice president. Quote, with a week full of WWE events and experiences, we hope to leave a lasting memory for W for for Western Australia and the entire WWE universe, end quote. The Honourable Rita Staff and naughty i think Mm -hmm. uh uh, western australia's deputy premier uh and minister for tourism had released this statement on this ple quote hosting wwe in perth is a real coup for our state as it will shine a global spotlight on western australia to billions of viewers worldwide attract thousands of -of out-of-state visitors to western australia and create an incredible atmosphere uh, in, the city, in the city for the local community and visitors alike, end quote.
0: So I guess Elimination Chamber finally got the Waller rub, huh?
1: Okay, I guess. Yeah. They might just end up having him host it, too. Just I wouldn't be surprised if Australia. they did.
0: I really wouldn't be surprised.
1: Either him or someone else that's well, from Australia. Well, I,
0: I can only think of anyone no one better than him may sure. have the Miz and Austin Theory helping Uh Is Moxley injured? Uh, well, this, I happened, be this happened during um, while he was defending his AEW International Championship against Ray Phoenix on uh, Dynamite Grand Slam. Uh, John Moxley had sustained an injury towards the conclusion of the match. Phoenix used his move entitled the Black Fire Driver on Moxley and covered for the pin, but Moxley barely kind of kicked out and the ref considered that a kick out. Uh, immediately after, uh, Ray Phoenix used the same move again, and this time got the pin fall in the win. But while doing this move, Moxley got spiked right into the mat, so um, it was he was later diagnosed that evening as having a concussion. Uh, As of right now, as far as uh, his health goes, he's up, he's walking around, he's talking and everything. But he will be going through AEW's concussion protocol. He will need to pass a series of medical tests to be cleared to return to the ring. As we have witnessed in the last two years, as far as injuries with AEW and uh, in the similar condition with concussions, Adam Cole, if you remember... Uh, he wasn't cleared to return to the ring for almost a year. And during that whole entire span, was considering on calling it a clear What do you got? I guess Uh, we're on the
1: injury page? I guess, because we're talking about Adam Cole being injured again. Uh, During the main event of AEW's Dynamite Grand Slam, another injury occurred. Adam Cole came running from backstage to encourage MJF to win. Uh, that's what we were talking about with the this sort of interference thing. Yeah. Uh, while Samojo had NJF in a sleeper hold, uh, when jumping from the stage to the floor, Cole more than likely had injured his ankle. Nothing new at this
0: point. Yeah, they were saying he was coming out of the. They had took him to the hospital and came out of the hospital on crutches. So more than likely it could be a sprained ankle. Uh, nothing broken. We'll be keeping up with that story and bringing any more details. Um, many of you that watched SmackDown, if you did, if not, obviously you're listening to our show and wanting to get the results, you lazy freak. Uh, L- you may have noticed LA Knight was not at SmackDown what at all. He, what was he doing? Well, Fightful, thankfully. we got to give all credit to Fightful for our news source, by the way, because... I mean, how else are we going to get, get uh, stories? Uh, they have reported that the Megastar was slated to appear on SmackDown this past Friday to assist John Cena against the bloodline. However, the plan was scrapped due to medical-related issue that came up. As many of you have probably guessed, if you haven't saw it by now, LA Knight had tested positive for COVID earlier that same day and had to leave the arena in order to not infect the rest of the staff or t- the talent involved. Uh, he was also set to take place in, uh, that evening was a dark match that he was supposed to under, uh, to uh, perform in. Uh, probably with the bloodline or teaming up with John Cena, whichever. Um, I can only hope for him a speedy recovery and get back into action soon because we need him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Right. Yeah, Chris, your last news story.
1: You remember that curse with the the women's tag team? Title? Oh yeah, you
0: and I were convinced it was cursed because all the injuries and all.
1: That something was either it was a curse or it was just overly convenient that it just didn't seem to pan out with every single title reign sort of ending an injury where they had to uh, relinquish the
0: title. Yeah, yeah,
1: that, that was the word for it. Well, apparently after Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and Sonya Deville are the ones who have been victims of it. Uh, You remember uh, Alba Fire and uh, Iowa Dawn, right? Yeah, we haven't seen them in a long time. Well, there was a a promo on SmackDown last week where, uh, since they lost their title, their NXT titles to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, they actually did curse the titles. Nice. So I guess that's their way of getting back at it. Yeah. The, the women's division, maybe completely as a whole for that point. I love it. Um, so are they going to try and go for the titles themselves? I'm I'm really
0: hoping so. Then, if or that's th- the case. Or
1: are they going to find some kind of way to sort of dismiss the curse? Um, curse.
0: No, I think what the only way they can ra- oh, the only way they can get rid of the curse is if they become champions themselves. All well, right. then
1: they would have no choice but to get rid of the curse.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So this kind of falls into this next one is going to fall into breaking news slash main event. So I'm going to do double duty here. Watch we're going to play now. two styles at the Watch same this. time. No, we're not going to do it at the same time. Oh. But time for the cross promo main event. All right, we're going to start off with breaking news. All right, it has been now dubbed <laughs> black thursday for wwe now if many of you have been following along in what's been going on with the wwe company they have merged with ufc and have formed and in denver in with this company called endeavor that the ufc has been a part of and have now made this parent company called tko well with this merger uh a lot of a lot of shakeups have been happening. SmackDown moving to a new channel. No telling what's going to happen with Raw or SmackDown. Or Raw and NXT, rather. I'm sorry. And uh, a lot of people in the home headquarters office of WWE that is new because they moved from Titan Towers, if I believe, the original home that they've had for 20-plus years since the 80s. Um they have, uh, re- uh, have also let go of you know office staff, uh, people of that nature, people behind the scenes. Well, now they're coming after roster. As of today, today we are recording, and it's Sunday, September 24th.
1: Do you have a complete list? I have the
0: complete list right here. WWE, as of today, there hasn't been any other additions, have released 22... Superstars from their roster. Uh, I'll go ahead and read a little bit here. With the WWE and UFC merger taking place these t- last two weeks and the announcement of the parent company of the two, TKO, WWE has not only let go of office staff of the WWE headquarters, but they have now released up to 22 uh, superstars from all shows. No one, no particular show. And also developmental trainees. People we haven't even seen yet in NXT. And the list is as follows. Some of these will be surprises. Be, pre- be prepared. Alexis Gray. Haven't heard of her because she's a developmental trainee. She just barely has been training with WWE and NXT. And has not had a match. Whether it be a dark match, non-televised or televised. They've uh, let go of Aaliyah, uh who was once on SmackDown. I uh, believe she has been out for a while now since uh, due to injury. Uh, Brooklyn Barrow. We've seen her a few times here and there on television and live events. This one is a surprise. Daba Kato. He was going to have a, a rivalry with Tyler Bate, it looked like. Um, you also know him as Commander Aziz. He was uh, released. Dana Brooke has Did, been. Didn't she just kind of get brought back? It seems like it. It seems like yeah. And she was having a pretty good storyline built up with uh, uh, what was it, Kalani Jordan? She was let go. Here's the one that is the biggest surprise of them all. Dolph Ziggler has been released by WWE. I say this because Dolph has wrestled for WWE for nearly 20 years and is now being let go. Dolph has been on and off of TV and dark matches. Uh, He has been pursuing a stand-up comedy career, of course. Uh, And many of you know his brother, who did also used to wrestle for AEW, was also released as well earlier this year. Uh, Elias... No one's gonna WWE does no longer stand for walk with Elias. He has been released. Emma, who was brought back just last year, um, has now been released. And he had just performed at and wrestled at uh, NXT Level Up. Eichmann Jiro, I just reported him having a match earlier. Uh, he has been released. Uh, Kevin Ventura-Cortez, he just got out of the developmental uh, training and was starting to come into NXT. He is let go. Mace and Monsoor. Maximum male models have been released. Matt Riddle. This one's an even bigger surprise. This one was one of the last ones. He actually got confirmed? I thought it was just... It was confirmed. It is confirmed. Matt Riddle. The original bro has been released from WWE. I thought they were trying to do some kind of thing between him and uh, McIntyre. Well, not anymore. He's been released. That's um, weird. Yeah, Melanie Brzezinski. Never heard of her because she's a developmental trainee as well. Here is another one. Mustafa Ali has been released as well. And he was building up a program to go up against... Whoever won between Dragon Lee and uh, Dominic? Dominic Mysterio at No Mercy, at NXT's No Mercy. Now, Dominic doesn't have an opponent for No Mercy. Well, not a readily available one. Who knows? He may go after It may be Dragon Lee again. Um, next up, Quincy Elliott from NXT. Rick Boogs. Or Boggs, or however he got, he's uh, was released. Riddick Moss, also known as uh, Madcap Moss, I believe, he's been let go. Shanky uh, used to run. He used to run with uh, uh, Jinder Mahal. Uh, Shelton Benjamin has been released as well. So Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, the tag team that they were, is no longer existent and um the same could be said about uh hit row because top dollar has been released again many of you know the releases had came earlier in 2020 or later in 2020 d- due to the covid outbreak we had so many re- uh superstars that were released top dollar was one of them
1: i think all of hit row i think was all released. of hit
0: row was and then at one point they were brought back but this time it's just Top Dollar. Nothing on Ashanti, the Adonis, or B-Fab. Uh, and then to close out the list, Ulisa uh, Leon. She has been released. Um, again, these are the 22. And some of these are a shock, like Dolph Ziggler, um, Matt Riddle, Mustafa Ali, and... Um, I believe that was... And Shelton Benjamin as well. Uh, I do have here their win-loss records for their entire WWE career. This is counting them being in developmental programs or and or whatnot. Uh, Alexis Gray never saw a WWE ring on any dark match or uh, TV. Aaliyah leaving WWE with a record of 129 wins... Two hundred and thirty-three losses and six draws. Aaliyah had a total of three hundred and sixty-eight matches with WWE. Uh, Brooklyn Borough uh, had ten matches in total, with her record only being zero and ten. So she has been, she was, she le- leaves the company defeated in more ways than one. Not making a joke, because I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not making light of the fact that these people just lost their jobs. And granted, I know a lot of you out there listening who have opinions and think that it matters coming off and saying, well, uh, they can go off and join another wrestling promotion. There's AEW, there's New Japan, there's Ring of Honor, there's Impact. Yeah, I know. But their main goal was to reach the big, big, big time, the biggest, well-known wrestling promotion in that, and the longest one in America, and that is WWE. So if they go to AEW... More power to them. If they go to Impact, fine. It would be good to see them wrestle again, but it's not going to be under WWE for some time. They may get signed back. We don't know. I mean, it happened to Emma. It happened to Top Dollar. They got released and then got brought back. But as of right now, it's they're, they're not there no more. Uh, Dabakato, 134 matches in total, 78 of them being uh, victories, 56 of them being losses. Dana Brooke had 371 matches in total, with 130 of them being wins, 234 of them being losses, and 7 of them being draws. Dolph Ziggler, out of this list, has the most matches. Dolph Ziggler had wrestled 1,713 matches for WWE his entire career. This is including developmental and NXT and on the main roster. His record is 752 to 931 with 30 draws. Elias, 393 matches, 127 of them being wins, 259 of them being uh, losses, 7 of them being draws. Emma, uh, 401 uh, matches, uh, 197 of them being uh, wins, 204 of them being losses. Uh, Eichmann Jiro 59 matches total uh, 21 wins 37 losses and 1 draw Kevin Ventura Cortez has only wrestled 1 match just 1 just it, 1 did he win or lose? he lost Oof. Mace 192 matches 66 wins 126 losses Monsieur, 180 matches 79 wins, 100 losses, and 1 draw. Matt Riddle, 467 uh, matches, uh, 330 wins, 131 losses, and 6 draws. Melanie Brzezinski did not even perform in a ring. Mustafa Ali leaves the company with 266 wins. Or, sorry, 266 matches, 119 wins, 141 losses, and 6 draws. Quincy Elliott with 26 matches, 5 wins, 21 losses, and 1 draw. Riddick Moss, 48 matches, 123 of them wins, 301 of them being losses with 4 draws. Shanky has 30 matches, 9 of them uh, wins, Twenty-one losses. Shelton Benjamin. This is encapsulating his whole WWE career, by the way, because he started wrestling during the time of the Ruthless Aggression era. Out of his whole entire story career in WWE, had seven hundred and fifty-two matches, three hundred and forty-nine of them um, wins, three hundred ninety-five losses with eight draws. Top Dollar, or as anyone liked to cutely call him, Flop Dollar uh 43 matches altogether, 23 uh, 26 wins 17 losses and lastly Ulisa leon 27 matches eight of them being wins 19 of them being losses so uh whether or not there's going to be more cuts or more releases or whatever we don't know right now um we all can say for sure that the, the uh, releases are due to this company merger that's going on. And, um, a lot of changes are coming and we don't know what yet. So this is, this is a big thing because I mean this, it's no longer Vince McMahon's company anymore. It's, it's no longer his company. It's been his company for 30 plus years. um,
1: and I guess he didn't want to keep it in the family anymore either. So I,
0: I guess not. Uh, Shane, his son Shane, uh, didn't want anything to do with WWE. He didn't want to run the company or anything. Um, I was kind of thinking it would have been Shane running it or Triple H. Uh, Triple H is still on board. Uh, he is on, uh, he's still signed on to be uh, part of the content creator and uh, as well as like talent. Uh, everything dealing with talent which is a good spot for him because if it wasn't for him there would be no nxt and if you saw nxt in its early years where you had seth rollins roman reigns you had all the people that are champions now I and mean, on the main roster back on nxt back when they were starting out it was big and it was great in action wrestling and um I just really hope Triple H kind of continues it, him and Stephanie. Stephanie, as we know, has stepped down as any any person on the board. She was co-CEO, sharing the title with uh, now uh, WWE President Nick Khan, not to be confused with Tony Khan, and no relation to Tony Khan. Because if there was, that would be kind of weird. It would be kind of weird, but it would be great to have that forbidden door, as they say. Open up between WWE and AEW. Um, Uh, That would be cool if they could do like a crossover or something. But um, that reminds me. I did get a list. I mean, we all know about um, what's going on with um, some of the talent. I mean, there was people... um, There was people that are like uh, Jade Cargill going... To uh, been spotted going to the performance center for wwe uh looked and found this interesting little list online Um, uh, someone put this together i can't remember who i can't okay, uh, i wish i can give them credit on this but it is called the all elite world wrestling entertainment aew versus wwe multiverses here's the list of matches that they have here Swerve Strickland versus LA Knight, (laughs) Sky Blue versus Alexa Bliss, Bunny versus Shotzi, Samoa Joe versus Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Actually, let's do this. Let's take these matches one by one as of right now and just pick who our winner would be. Starting with Swerve Strickland and LA Knight. LA Knight. I would go with LA Knight. Uh, Sky Blue versus Alexa Bliss. I like both of them. They're both skilled. It's going to be Alexa Bliss. I would go with Alexa Bliss, yes. (laughs) Because who knows what state she would be in. Is she going to be her original self or is she going to be the one that's being uh, led by Uncle Howdy? Uh, Next up, the Bunny, who is with the Butcher and the Blade, uh, takes on Shotzi. I
1: haven't seen much of bu- of the bunny. Just Butcher and the Blade.
0: She goes with them to the ring. Uh,
1: I mean, like, in-ring stuff. Oh. Is she just, like, a manager or something? She's a
0: manager slash wrestler. I haven't seen much of her wrestle. Okay. Well, I would go with Shotzi on this one. Same. Okay. Uh, this one, I saw your eyebrows perked. Samoa Joe versus Solo Sikoa. Both ruthless. Both meaty men gonna slap meat. Mm um i would have to say i kind of want to say samoa joe i want to say samoa joe too but samoa joe's you know he's got experience but solo has got more toughness and he's got the youth on his on his side and also the the numbers too that is true you don't know if the bloodline is going to come in and interfere and no one is with samoa joe so, I'm 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 thinking maybe solo on this one. This one really shouldn't be on the list cuz it has happened before. What do you mean? Chris Jericho versus John Cena. They've had matches in WWE before, so I I disregard that one. Blackpool uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus LWO? Blackpool. I would say Blackpool Combat Club if it was Blackpool Combat Club against say the judgment day or the bloodline i would lean more towards judgment day or the bloodline because they're just as crazy a uh, private party versus the street profits who street who's a, a private, private party, party um it was isaiah who's with matt hardy um i i would just say street profits i would say street profits too uh uh let's see here Three way or no tag match? FTR versus Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Ooh, mm hmm.
1: That's kind of a hard. Instant,
0: instant five star classic, as Dave Meltzer would report it to be. Um, I don't know. I would lean more towards Kevin and Sammy. They're lifelong friends. But remember those
1: two like thirty-minute matches we saw from FTR. This
0: one would be an hour. <laughs> it might just be. If um, not close. Yeah, I would. I would go. I want to say this is close. Uh, so you haven't made a choice. No, I haven't. Uh,
1: thinking maybe FTR on this
0: Ooh, one. Oh, okay. Uh, next up you have Chris Statlander versus Shayna Baszler. Hmm. Does Statlander
1: have any combat sport experience outside of know. wrestling? I don't know. Say probably a Baszler event.
0: Just by looking at in ring performance, I would go with Shayna Baszler as well. Here you go The Acclaimed versus Pretty Deadly.
1: Numbers game, uh, The Acclaimed. I would
0: go with The Acclaimed. Uh, Hikaru Shida. Versus Asuka. That one is down the middle right there for me. It's hard to say because they're both evenly skilled. And both hail from Japan, of course, but. Hmm. I would definitely have to say. Asuka. I would. Actually, I would go with Hikaru Shida. Uh, next up, if they were getting along, the outcasts versus... If they were getting along. If they were getting along. Uh, the outcasts... Damage control. Versus damage that control. Right. You, well, called, you called that one. It was yeah. like, what
1: what three-woman faction is there that I could go against them? And, I would,
0: could, and there's only really one. Damage control. And I would pick the outcasts on this one. I'm a long time Ruby Soho and Soraya fan and if they were still united uh like they used to be at this point this is hypothetical that you know they're they're still working as a functional team
1: yeah uh i'd say probably yeah Uh, the The outcast
0: okay this one technically it's been done before but it would be cool to kind of see it one more time christian cage versus edge Edge and Edge and Christian facing say, each didn't other. They used to be the tag team. They used to be the tag team, and at one point they had a falling out and did face each other. I would pick Edge. Huh. I want to say Edge too. Uh, here you go. You would love this one, I think. Darby Allen versus who do you think they pick? Don't know. You got to at least guess. A hint. No. No hints.
1: Jackknife.
0: Nope. Darby Allen. It'd be a good one though, to actually, if you think about it. Uh, but no, Darby Allen versus Seth freaking Rollins.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be a good one.
0: I'm I'm torn on that one. Not out of you know which one's my favorite. It's more what I've seen them do in the ring, the both of them.
1: Then you also gotta kind of consider uh, what about Sting. N- no, Darby he's Allen's he's point.
0: on the list, but what if Sting that's was later. in?
1: What if Sting wanted to like butt in there, and that would kind of put it in Darby Allen's favor?
0: Yeah, that would be. Um, I want to say if that's the case, if Sting gets
1: involved, then Sting, uh, Darby yeah. Allen would win. But if if there's no Sting involved, then it would be Seth Rollins.
0: I would go with Seth Rollins regardless. Um, Jade Cargill. Versus. Ripley. Bianca Belair. Oh, okay. Uh, let's say Belair. I would go with Belair. But I would, I'm would i torn on that one too. I could go Cardgill. Because Cardgill is pr- as tough as they come too. Uh, who Wasn't got she here?
1: the uh, title holder before Chris Statlander?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, All right. This yeah, one in that case I'm torn too. Yeah.
1: Cuz she was like undefeated or something like she that. She was undefeated it, it as was a TBS really champion.
0: Number. Yeah. You going to still stick with your pick? Yeah, I'm still going to stick with my okay. pick. Okay. Uh Luchasaurus versus Kane. Kane doesn't wrestle
1: anymore does he? Or is this this,
0: this oh. is all hypothetical?
1: Hmm. I don't know.
0: You're going to have to pick one. I would pick. I want to say maybe Kane. I would pick Kane. All right. Next up, MJF versus. Who do you think?
1: I'm going to say either Roman Reigns or the Rock.
0: No. MJF versus Austin Theory. I was wrong on both of those. Wow. Uh, MJF. I'll go with MJF. But then again, Austin Theory's pretty tricky too. He got tricks it's, up his Which one's
1: going to be trickier, you know?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, here's another good one. The Hardys versus the Usos. Usos. I would go the with num- the Hardys. Num- numbers no. game. Numbers game, yes, but I'd go with the Hardys. Cuz they're known they were known as Team Extreme. Here, here's a good one. House of Black versus The Judgment Day.
1: Oh, that would be a good one. House of Black, I want
0: to say. Oh, I would go with Judgment Day because Rhea Ripley is tougher than uh, Julia Hart.
1: Yeah, that is. True. I,
0: I'll go with Judgment Day. I'm not trying. I'm not saying it to try I'm, to convince you. I'm sticking you. with mine, but still. I'm 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 going with Judgment Day on this one. I'm going with Judgment Day because you got Buddy, <laughs> yeah, Buddy Murphy against Dominic, and, and, and
1: we both know he would probably win that one if it
0: was fair. If it was in real life too, um, Britt Baker versus Liv Morgan.
1: Hmm. Say maybe Britt Baker on that one, yeah.
0: I would go with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, th- here's another good one. The Elite versus The Bloodline. Ooh. You want to talk about a good dream match card right here. Yeah. Uh, See, how
1: many people were in the Elite again? At least... You had...
0: Me. Okay, you had quite a few. You had... Yeah, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks... Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, and you had Adam Page, and um, that was it. Just those four. So, say you take Sammy Zayn out of the equation; he's no longer with the Bloodline.
1: Then you just then you just have Paul Heyman, and mm-hmm. all he can really do no. is some smaller: interference so, yeah. here.
0: So, and with the Bloodline, you already know you have Roman Solo and the Usos, Jimmy and Jay. But there's no more Jay. But if this I, is again hypothetical.
1: Okay. Uh in that case with Jay, I'd say probably the bloodline because then they also then it'd be at least even. Uh maybe not so much counting Paul Heyman. Uh but
0: without Jay, definitely the elite. I no, I would say the bloodline all the way through.
1: Uh, but you got the
0: numbers on their side, so. Yeah. Uh, you got Brian Cage against The Rock.
1: Oof! I want st- to. I'm going to stick with The Rock. On I'm going to go with The
0: Rock because we don't know what kind of confusing face paint Brian Cage may be coming out with. Uh, here's an even better one: John Moxley versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ooh. Both men that love to fight and both men that love to bleed. I'm going to go with Stone Cold. I got one. I'm going to get this one better on you. It comes up to an even draw. They pass out. They knock each other out. Oh. It comes out to a draw. Okay. And for the main event of the AEW versus WWE multiverses. I don't know. Any one of those could have been a main event. I know. But this one is the ultimate one. Because this is the one that fans had been so going crazy over when he came to WWE. Sting versus The Undertaker.
1: I don't think we've seen that one before.
0: No. This was everyone's dream match when they heard Sting was coming to WWE and they wanted Sting versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. People, people were, fans were screaming for this. I want to say maybe the undertaker but I, I
1: really don't I know, know. it's it,
0: it I'm I'm torn on that one too cuz both of them have a long storied history in professional wrestling both have a legacy both have hall of fame careers both have multiple championship wins under their belts I don't know I I'm torn I am legitimately torn on that because I am both a sting and an undertaker fan. And when you put two of my favorites together, you got to pick one. I I can't, you know, it's one of those. Well, I just did with John Moxley and stone cold. I said, they, I would say they come to a draw, Mm. but undertaker and sting. I don't know. Would it come to a draw or
1: do you think it would go to a certain? I don't know. I don't know. And what kind of match would it be anyway? A coffin match? We didn't decide the stipulations on the other matches. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> but granted, yeah, it would probably be a casket match or a buried alive match. Something that's up Undertaker's alley. But I don't know. I would... Mm, I would... Mm, man, I would probably lean more towards the Undertaker. Especially if it
1: was something like a casket match or a coffin well, match. Well,
0: I mean, I'm not considering match stipulation. I honestly feel... Maybe The Undertaker.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Cause just, just maybe.
0: I, I, I'm picking one. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying maybe because, I mean, Sting, he's known to have these crazy comebacks. Mm. Undertaker too, He's had, I mean, go back and watch WrestleMania 25 in the match he had with Shawn Michaels. That was a legendary match between the both of them and the follow-up match they had at WrestleMania 26. Or, yeah, 26. Two great matches, but the one uh, at WrestleMania 25 is the most legendary one because that one went for a very long time, and it was a great match. Mm. So I say, yes, I say The Undertaker. Possibly he may win. But, you know, because who's to say?
1: I don't – and then you – also kind of have maybe if Darby Allen interferes on his part, but I don't think interference is going to be too much of a problem for Taker. You know, probably not.
0: No, not unless if you saw that Royal Rumble match he had with, uh, Yokozuna. And it was the casket match where he had like some of the locker room come out and beat him up and put him in the coffin.
1: I mean, if it's just one person,
0: don't know. We'll see i mean not we'll see but we can only hope that's all it can be now because because undertaker is long since retired and sting yeah he'll make his a few ring appearances every now and then but i think he's nearing retirement too um but like i said all we can do is fantasize about it and fulfill those out in a video game and just sit and watch it there all right Well, that just about wraps it up for our show. So we're going to go ahead and head on out of here and tap out. Big long week that we had. Who's and who's to say what other changes are coming up next week for WWE with this Endeavor merger? Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, no more no more releases, no more cuts. Uh, we hope the changes are for the better, for sure. I mean, we look at it this way: possibly be getting new sets for the sh- uh, stage sets. For the fifth stage. Yeah. Well, it'd be great if they brought that back, but I highly doubt it. All right. Well. As far as uh, we go, we'll be back here next week to give you everything that's happened in the world of professional wrestling, be it uh, the results that I need to read to you guys in case if you miss it, and uh, or me and Chris read anyway. And uh, we'll also be back here with more history and more things going on in the world of professional wrestling. Chris, where can they find us? CrossPromoPod at gmail.com I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We, we go. gone. Honestly, I don't know why we have hope in just putting out the email.
1: Well, maybe either there's something wrong with the email, or maybe they don't have all that many questions for us or something.
0: It'd be nice to at least get some kind of feedback from our listeners, if we have any.
1: Mm